Have you ever uh, saw a commercial on TV or heard a commercial on radio where at the very end, this person speaks really fast to give all the, you know, all the little details and the fine print? Well, that's kind of how I feel today because I'm supposed to get through Revelation chapter 6, the end part that Jesse never finished last week, and then chapter 7, 8, and 9. So if I talk fast, I hope you can listen fast, Okay. So we're going to pick up in Revelation chapter 6, starting at verse 12, with the sixth sealed judgment. But before we get there, let's do a quick review first, okay? Revelation chapters 1 through 3 deals with letters to churches during the Apostle John's day. In chapters 4 through 19 is an explanation of the Great Tribulation period, where the scene often shifts from being in heaven to being on earth. So let's review the first five. Five sealed judgments that Pastor Jesse talked about last week. Rider number one, when the white horse takes away peace. Rider number two, on the red horse, there are wars. Rider number three, on a black horse, there are famines. Rider number four, on a pale horse, where there is death by wars, famine, disease, wild beasts, pretty much because of all the first three riders on horses. And if you take notice, 25% of the world's population is killed. There are 7.8 billion people in the world, so start doing your math. Where's my math guy? Not quite, pretty close. All right, but yeah, we're talking lots of people. Number five, persecution of Christians is the, the fifth and martyrs were seen, and they were asking, you know, how long? How long, God, until you avenge our deaths? And then, as Pastor Jesse explained, he said that God is patient. God is patient, giving people more time to repent. Okay, number six, here we go. Revelation 6 verses 12 to 14. And I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red. And the stars in the sky fell to earth as figs dropped from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The heavens receded like a scroll being rolled up. And every mountain and island was removed from its place. Just Try to imagine that scene. Earthquakes so strong that mountains are moved. Islands in the sea are moved. The sun is turned black. It is dark. The moon is red at nighttime. And the stars fall to the earth. You talk about catastrophic destruction. The first two seal judgments likely had their origins in evil men um, because of the wars, because of peace is taken from the earth. Now you have these, this judgment where it is the world itself being judged, being uprooted, being changed. And the sixth seal judgment has really nothing to do with people doing evil things, it is the judgment happening upon the world itself. Verses 
15 to 17. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and everyone else, both slave and free, hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can withstand it? The response of the people, and notice, notice what it says here. It says, the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and everyone else, both slave and free. You know what? That includes just about everybody, doesn't it? There is not a single person or description of a person that is not noted here. Everybody. They call to the mountains of the rocks, fall on us. Because of the unbelievable, the catastrophic destruction that they have just witnessed, they want to die. This is too much. How can, how, how can we stand the wrath of God that is happening? You know, Pastor Jesse pointed out last week that... He, he has heard people say, and, and I have too, that God is, God's not going to send anybody to hell. God is a God of love. God would not punish like that because God is a God of love. And so you're not going to experience hell because God's a God of love and he would not send you there. And my response is, you're right. He doesn't send you there. You choose that. Like, what? Yeah, the consequences of your choice is hell. Because, see, God is doing everything possible so that you understand the good news of Jesus Christ. He is doing everything possible so that you will trust Jesus as your Savior. The consequence of your decision to not do that is hell. So when people say, well, God will not send anyone to hell because he's a God of love, you can say, you're absolutely right. He will not do that. But people choose that. That's the consequence of their decision. Now, after we get, get through these these six sealed judgments. We come to chapter seven, and chapter seven is like a pause in the timeline. If you go, if you look at the, the first six sealed judgments, you, you know, th there's, there's a chronological order here. And now we come to chapter seven, and it's like a pause, okay? A pause in the timeline. Chapter seven, the first four verses of Revelation seven. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth to prevent any wind from blowing on the land or on the sea or on any tree. Then I saw another angel coming up from the east, having the seal of the living God. He called out in a loud voice to the four angels who had been given the power to harm the land and the sea. Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. 
Chapter 7 mentions that there's going to be 144,000 Jewish people sealed, 12,000 from each of the tribes. The sealing indicates protection from death and from the evil people who want to harm them. Why? What in the world is God doing sealing 144,000 Jewish people in the midst of his judgment? You know why? Because God loves people. Because God, in the midst of his punishment on sin and evil, he's like, you know what? I have not given up on you. I have not given up on any person. And I'm going to seal these 144,000 people so that they spread all throughout the world so people have another chance to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Because that's how much he loves people. He is continuing to pursue and pursue and pursue people until they trust Christ as their Savior. Folks, that's how much God loves you. He is pursuing you until you trust Christ as your Savior. And once he has you as his child, he is watching over you. He is empowering you. He is helping you. Because God loves people. Verse 9. Look at verse 9. In chapter 7, after this, I looked, and before me there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. Jump down to verse 13 and 14. Then one of the elders asked me, these in white robes, who are they and where do they come from? Verse 14, I answered, sir, you know and he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Did you catch how many people? Did you catch that number? A great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language. You talk about an effective evangelistic program by that 144,000 people. Man, there are people, so many people from all over the world who are saved Notice, during the great tribulation, because they have come out of the great tribulation. There are going to be millions of people saved during the great tribulation because of these 144,000 people. Because that's how much God loves people. Even in the midst of the punishment that he is, he is pouring down upon the earth, his grace and his love is seen because he's not given up on anybody. He wants people to get saved. And if you remember back last week when Pastor Jeff was talking about those um, 
in chapter 6, verse 9, who John saw under the throne. And those two were martyrs because of their faith. That is the people that is during this day and age, not in the tribulation time. Those are the people that John saw during this time. And you know very well that there are people being murdered for their faith across this world. So the people that John sees here in verses 13 and 14 are the people that have lost their lives because they have trusted Christ as their Savior during the Great Tribulation. Chapter 8, verse 1. Now we pick up the last sealed judgment. After all the catastrophic events upon the earth, where there are earthquakes and stars flying from the skies, all of a sudden, it says in chapter 8, verse 1, when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. Now, imagine the sound of earthquakes. Imagine... The, the sound of people running, trying to protect themselves. And all of a sudden, there is silence for about a half an hour. It's like when uh, your kids are off playing, and all of a sudden, you don't hear anything. It's like, what are they up to? What's happening? Hmm... I think that's what they're thinking here. Wait a second, we, we, have, we have witnessed all of this and now there's, there's silence. There's stillness because nothing is moving. The earthquakes have stopped. And I'm sure they're wondering, what's going to happen next? What, what, what's what's going to come our way? And if anybody has a Bible during that time, they'll be able to read what happens next. And unfortunately, the judgments get even more severe. John continues in chapter 8. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He, is, he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people on the golden altar in front of the throne. The smoke of the incense, together with the prayers of God's people, went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it to the earth. And there came pearls of thunder, rumblings, flashing, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. In the Old Testament, the priests who would enter the temple would burn incense. And it was a symbol, as the smoke went up towards the heaven, it was a symbol that that's what your prayers were doing. Your prayers were ascending up to heaven. And as it says here in verse 4, it says, the smoke of the incense together with the prayers of God's people. You're wondering if, if your prayers ever make it to heaven? There you go. The angel there with the incense, with the prayers of God's people as he was standing before God. <laughs> you know your prayers get to heaven. 
And after this time of silence, the trumpet judgments begin. The first angel sounded his trumpet, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood. And it was hurled down on the earth. A third of the earth was burned up. A third of the trees were burned up. And all the green grass was burned up. Verse 8, the second angel sounded the trumpet, and something like a huge mountain, all ablaze, was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea turned into blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. The third angel sounded his trumpet, and a great star blazing like a torch fell from the sky on the third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters turned bitter, and many people died from the waters that had become bitter. The fourth angel sounded his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that a third of them turned dark. A third of the day was without light, and also a third of the night. Chapter 9, verse 1. The fifth angel sounded his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. The star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. When he opened the abyss, smoke rose from it like smoke from a gigantic furnace. The sun and the sky were darkened by the smoke from the abyss. And out of the smoke, locusts came down on earth and were given the power like that of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were not allowed to kill them, but only to torture them for five months. And the agony they suffered was like that of a sting of a scorpion when it strikes." You know, the first four trumpet judgments are fairly easy to understand because we understand the events of hail. We understand the events of darkness. But when it comes to this fifth one, however, it's like, wait a second. Let's go back and take a look at that fifth trumpet. It says, the fifth angel sounded his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. The star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. When he opened the abyss, smoke rose from it like the smoke from a gigantic furnace. Obviously, we cannot take that as a literal star, because how can a literal star be given the key to the abyss? So it must be something else. It must be some other meaning there. Well, let's look at Isaiah 14, 12. How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth who once laid low the nations. Well, who's being talked about here in Isaiah 12? Isaiah 14, 12. Well, it's Satan. It is Satan because morning star is another name for Lucifer. And he is cast down. So John is saying, and I saw a star that had fallen from the sky. It was Lucifer. And he has come down and opened the abyss. It says, and smoke rose from it like smoke from a gigantic furnace. Let's look at Exodus 10. Familiar with this part of Scripture because this is the plagues of Egypt. Exodus 10, 3-5. This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will bring locusts into your country tomorrow. 
They will cover the face of the ground so that it cannot be seen. They will devour what little you have left after the hail, including every tree that is growing in your fields. Real locusts eat grass and trees and crops. And in Revelation 9, we are told that they will not eat grass and trees. Okay, well, let's look at their description. Starting in verse 7. It says, The locusts looked like horses prepared for battle. On their heads, they wore something like crowns of gold, and their faces resembled human faces. Their hair was like woman's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the thundering of many horses and chariots rushing into battle. They had tails with stingers, like scorpions. And in their tails, they had power to torment people for five months. Well, it's hard to think that they are actual locusts with this description here. Um, do you remember where they came from? They, they came from the abyss, because the fallen star has opened the shaft of the abyss, and they are coming out of the abyss. Well, what's, what's in the abyss? Well, we have to go back to Luke chapter 8. Luke 8, 31, this is a story you're probably familiar with. Uh, Jesus confronts a man who's possessed by many demons. And as Jesus confronts this this, the demons and this man, they beg Jesus not to send them into the abyss, but instead, you know, send us into the pigs, and that's what Jesus did. And so they didn't want to go into the abyss and be locked up in the abyss. They knew about this place where demons are held. Also in Jude 6, we, we understand that there are Demons that are chained in, a, in an abyss. So what Satan lets out of the abyss are demons to torment people. The sixth trumpet in verses 13 to 16. The sixth angel sounded his trumpet and I heard a voice coming from the four corners of the golden altar that is before God. It said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates and the four angels who have been kept ready for this very hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of the mounted troops was 200 million. I heard their number. Two hundred million were the mounted troops. <laughs> the demons released from the abyss to torment people. And here in verse 15, it says, a third of all mankind were to be killed. That's on top of the uh, 25% that happened earlier in the seal judgments. And now you have a third of those who are remaining killed as well. That's a lot 
of people. Yet look how some people respond. Look at verse 20. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. They did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood. Idols that cannot see or hear or walk. Because Satan has blinded their minds, they could not see that the judgments that God was pouring out on the earth was so that they would repent from their sins, that they would trust Christ as their Savior. Even as those 144,000 people spread throughout the world telling people the good news about Jesus and what they need to do to be saved, they still didn't respond. How tragic. How tragic. But yet, that's the world we live in, isn't it? That's the world we live in where people have such a hard heart that they cannot respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. They cannot respond to the love and the grace that God is showing the world today. Tell you what, these seal and trumpet judgments are absolutely devastating. The mass destruction the catastrophic destruction that will happen, the loss of life that's going to happen, it's tough to wrap your mind around that. It's tough to understand everything that's going to take place. But in the midst of all that, God is still trying to reach people. God is still pursuing people to trust him, to believe in him. Folks, I trust today, you, you know Jesus as your Savior. Man of days. Uh, so we don't have to face this. I trust that you know Jesus as your Savior. If you're here and don't know Jesus as your Savior, man, please come and talk to me. I want to share with you how you can trust Christ as your Savior. So you don't have to go through these seal and trumpet judgments and even more judgments to come. Let me share with you how you can know for sure that you're going to be in heaven when all this takes place. Another thought struck me this week, too, is that that great multitude that was seen from every, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, you know, they were, they were martyred for their faith during the tribulation because they believed. And as I was thinking about that this week, 
It's like, wow, look what they faced because of their belief. Look what they had to deal with because of their faith. And yet so many times I wimp out so easily because of my faith. Wait, how come? (laughs) How come? How come we don't share Christ like we should? How come we don't stand up for Christ when people aren't are making fun of him? Yeah, it hit me kind of hard. Look what those tribulation martyrs went through because of their faith. How come I'm not willing to stand up? for my faith here and now when it's not nearly as difficult as it will be in the tribulation. So let me challenge you with that this morning. We made it. We got through the rest of chapter 6, 7, 8, and 9. So when you see Jesse next week, you can say, Steve did it. Steve did it. With a lot, a lot of help from the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you. It is pretty sobering, isn't it? It is really sobering. What's going to happen? But know that God's pursuing you. God's pursuing you. Because he loves you. And he wants to show his grace to you. To take you home to be with him forever and ever. Let's pray. Father, this is extremely sobering to understand what's going to happen someday in the future. Lord, it's sobering because there's going to be so much destruction and death. But God, thank you that you have not given up on people, that you are pursuing and pursuing and pursuing people even to the very end because you want to show them your love. You want to show them that you are a God of grace that you have not given up. God, help us to understand that. God, help us to live in such a way that people will see that, yeah, we have a mark on us. That's the Holy Spirit within us. So God, help us to be a witness for you. Lord, thanks for meeting with us here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.